Hello everybody. Today we have Zach with us. He he does multiple things. He's a husband, he's a father, he runs a filmmaking studio, he runs an internet startup, he does a lot of things and today we are going to know about what what he what his day, days look like and uh, what does he do, why does he do, if any time management mistakes that he has made. So let's get into it. Hey Zach, welcome to Mailman Blog and Podcast. I'm so happy to have you on board. I was just going through your blog and I saw so many interesting things. You have a blog, you have a micro blog, then you have a filmmaking, then you have some ideas about super train, then you have marquee, video communication uh, tool. You're just doing too many things and then you have two kids, you are a husband. Tell me, tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you who you are? Who are sure. you? Sure. Yes, who am I? So, um it's funny you mentioned that I'm doing so many things. The 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 coolest thing going on for me right now is that I'm able to do all those things because I finally learned how to not overcommit and I know that sounds weird and it sounds kind of contradictory but in each of those things that you you're describing I now know I used to just kind of take on everything and take responsibility for everything but now I'm working with great teams of people and responsibility is properly apportioned and I'm able to kind of just do what I'm good at and not all the stuff that I used to just commit to do and I knew nothing about and then got myself in a lot of trouble. So um it's cool. I I am I am doing a lot of things right now, but I'm actually calmer and less stressed than I was back when I was only doing one thing but kind of half committed to 30 other things. So got it so you mentioned something about you do what you're good at doing so what is that thing that you're good at doing oh i don't know what i'm good i'm i i would say the the thing that i've been paid for the most has been just basically coming up with ideas okay. and i don't make a huge distinction between the kind of ideas that are involved in making commercials or films from ideas for new products or a way to position a product or to me it's all just ideas it's all just about hey what's a what's kind of a how could that thing be different and and cooler and succeed and so i'm sort of an idea person i have had to implement a lot of things but i'm okay. not a good implementation person i'm not a good operations person i'm okay. like a details i'll like zero in on one thing and okay. uh and and i get lost in it until an operations person says hey all right cool that's good now go do this other thing and then i'll zero in on that thing so oh very interesting so you mentioned something about there was a time when you were just doing one thing and now there's a time when you're dabbling into five six things so what was this journey when was this which year was this when you were doing this just one thing what was this one thing mm -hmm. and from there how have you come up to this point so i started off I started a film production company but I was a developer. I, okay, so this that I'm kind of a mess, right? So I when I graduated from film school, I went to Syracuse for film um as a kid. I went on to work in a photo studio for a little while. When I went off on my own, I didn't have any film equipment or any means of of doing the work that I was most trained to do, but my mother had been a web a web designer um and a graphic designer growing up so i had a lot of familiarity with that world and i had a laptop and so somebody needed a a website and i said i can do that and so for a few years i became a rails developer and you know cms implementer and i i built some simple apps and tools that did some a couple cool things when i was living in atlanta and then over time i i ended up buying the film equipment that i wanted and i started doing web and film 
until ultimately I was able to just do film, film production. So when I say just doing one thing for a while, there were five or six years where I was just doing, running a film production company for hire, running a commercial film production company. And I will say that that's probably the among the more complicated it's not complicated from like a how a business works perspective. Mm-hmm. It's just complicated in terms of, oh my goodness, the amount of effort it takes to sell one thing and then mm-hmm. to do the work to ship it. And then you have to start it all over again. And if, as you grow, you just need more of it. It does not scale well at all. And it's, uh, I still have that company and it's doing, it's doing well. It's surviving. We have 15 employees, but from, from the perspective of could I have started with something easier? I think the answer is yes, I could have started with something easier. <laughs> but the good news is I learned a lot by doing it wrong over all those years mm-hmm. that um, that now I'm in a better position for the things I'm doing now. I, I, can, I can see more clearly where the problems are and say, oh, okay, like there should be a person who's in charge of that. Like right now, there's no one in charge of this very important thing. So we all have anxiety and we all feel like we're going to die. And we don't, and we only vaguely know why. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I can relate to it because uh, I have built many, many things and uh, uh, similar. So I was very wrong with the first one, then slightly wrong, then slightly less wrong, then slightly less wrong, and then eventually I, I was right. Okay, so we'll get to you about how you, what, what does your day look like right now? But when you were running this production company, short order, is this the same company that you were running before? Yeah, yeah, I still, I still, I'm still there. We now have a COO who who manages the day to day, and I work there. I work there about a day a week. Okay, and so, and uh, the rest of my yeah. So sorry, go on. So so for those five six years when the only thing that you were doing was the short order uh, your production company, what what did your uh, days look like? Well, early on there were there were a lot of all nighters. It's not an exaggeration to say that I would do at least one all nighter every week for a while because mm-hmm. I was I was writing the the pieces. I was selling them. I was communicating with the clients. I was responsible during production. I was responsible to kind of coordinate everything and and, and get it together. And then I was editing the projects. So I would get in bad situations frequently. And at that time, I luckily I didn't have kids and I was kind of a, I had to learn the hard way that that's not, I got, I damaged my health. I did a lot bad to myself over those couple of years, but luckily at each time when it got way too painful, mm-hmm. I I was able to kind of learn something new. And again, we kept the clients happy, right? We kept the we kept the customers happy, and that was the, mm-hmm. the way to survive. Absolutely. But we didn't know what we were doing about pricing. We didn't know what we were doing about operations. We didn't know how to we didn't know how to do what we were doing, right? So yeah. we just ended up. But eventually, more and more people came into the company and improvements were made. And by the way, I, I tried to over-engineer improvements many times. That was another problem that I had. And then eventually somebody came in and it was just like very simple, like, nope, you need to be doing this and you need to be doing this. And you need to spend two hours doing this every Wednesday. And he just kind of set it up like a machine and he just noticed where the, and he helped. And now I, now I see why those people are important. The business people, the businessy people, you know, I never, I didn't know, I never saw one in action. And when I saw one work in action on, on my own company, it made a huge difference. Absolutely. Brilliant. As an idea person myself, I struggle with something and I just want to discuss this one thing with you. You did this one company for five, six years 
as an idea person i f- it's very difficult for me to focus on just one thing i am always coming up with new ideas and even if i do not do something about them like with uh, proper dedication i want to try something out to see if something is there does it happen with you how how do you deal oh, yeah. with it there's so many there's so much dusty stuff in the drawers from those years because i would okay. i would think oh you know what i'm now i'm also going to do this i built an entire film production I I basically built this whole film production app on top of Airtable that would manage oh. every part of scripts and 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 call sheets and auditions from talent and like everything it was good and it generated everything I got it most of the way done the problem was I needed to get it all the way done and I needed the team who was actually implementing it at that point to give it sorry to care about it right? right and nobody cared so it didn't end up happening they just kept doing things in in my opinion the inefficient and unmodern ways that they were doing it but yeah i built that i i tried to do a couple of software startups over that time but never fully committed and never with the partners that i needed to actually achieve it so it was looking back i'm just like oh man that was such a dumb we were just sitting there knowing that we weren't going to do that like okay. like like we should have known this is never going to happen like this this yeah. isn't how this happens <laughs> you know but but we spent too much time on it so anyway okay. so so but but uh, have you learned to deal with these new ideas that keep uh, popping up in in our heads or do you still dabble into them at well here's what i'm point? here's what i'm doing now and it it sounds really silly but right now I'm just talking about them openly. Okay. And that that's my strategy right now because I feel like the idea is more valuable if I share it with the world because maybe I might attract somebody to the idea who wants to do it and would want my help because I offered the initial idea. I mean, I'm having these ideas and thinking about them all the time. What why not write them down, put them out there. I'm probably not going to do them. I'm very busy, right? Yeah. But then if if I if somebody sees it and says and if I share it with somebody and they say, "Whoa, that's awesome. In fact, my friend might want to do that." Then I meet that person and then all of a sudden we're talking about a thing and I say, "Hey, look, I'd love to be a part of that, but I can only do it for you know, I'll I'll be here to share with this. I might be able to invest something in it. I might be able to use my production company to create a bunch of videos for it, right? Mm-hmm. Now I can contribute but keep my life not take over responsibility for something that I'm never going to do because I'm not going to do it. I'm I'm not going to start a new company right now. It's not something I'm going to do. You know? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I I totally understand. So now I want to transition into your journey from that first company which is short order. What was the first second project that you took in took on? So while you were running short order for 5 6 years, then you got the CEO to take care of day to day operations. what was the first thing that you started doing besides short order was it marketing well, or something else the first legitimate thing big thing is is definitely marquee and okay and marquee it's funny to be talking to you about marquee because and you relate to this cuz you're a software guy but we haven't we, we have paying customers and revenue and we just raised our our pre-seed round but it's not yes but it's not ready like i don't want to show it's going to be ready in like a month where i really want okay. everybody to come see it right okay. but right now it's like eh, people are happy with it 
but it's totally like alpha beta, you know, software. But yeah, we raised, uh, we raised $600,000, um, which is awesome. And we've got a great team. We've got, um, eight or nine people now working on it. And every week we get faster every week. We're, we're, we're knocking off more tickets and communicating better. And my job at Marquee is essentially as the, it's kind of a, I get to create my dream product and direct designers and developers on how to make it work. And it's been, it's been really cool. Wow. Uh, when did you start working on Marquee? Which year was it? 2020 or before that? It was 2020. So when, when COVID hit, our production production was hurt very badly by, by COVID, as you can imagine. And my COO, the guy who had come in, his name's Craig, had come in and really improved things at short order in a big, big way. Okay. He, he was already kind of like, well, I think I'm kind of bored now. Like I'm ready to go move on and do something else. Plus COVID is affecting this place. And if you could get my you know, my salary off the books, that might be helpful. So he said, what would you think if we made a new company out of one of the tools that you built mm-hmm. for one of your, your Fortune 500 customers? Because again, we were doing videos, but I'm also, my, my customers in video look at us for videos, but everybody kind of looks to me for tech stuff too. Like they just think of me as like the person who's going to have a good idea for how to do a thing. And so we had built this way of feeding digital signage all around the world for this like multinational corporation. And Craig said, could we turn that into its own business? And I said, sure, that's great. And before you know it, we, we, we immediately pivoted two times to create an events platform. And then we realized actually we had built kind of a, a, a fully branded replacement for Slack or discord or teams that could be used for, either one-on-one meetings that are in a branded space with your own materials or for a collaborative workspace or for an event. Like they're, they're all within the same customizable design. So that's what Marquee is. And we look forward to showing it to you. I'm going to start shouting from the rooftops about it as soon as I, as soon as it's ready. Yes. As soon as a couple of those, you know, we polished some of the, the rough edges. So. Oh, great. Between short order and marquee, you mentioned you spend one day a week at short order. So basically, are you spending most of your time at marquee or is this something else which takes up your time in a week? I'm I'm probably spending another two to three days at marquee a week. And then the rest of the time, it's hard to say uh, because I'm, I'm, I've gotten in such a routine now and this is fresh. So just, you know, bear with me. I don't want to announce it until, you know, I want, I don't want to get cocky until I've done it for many, many days, but it's been 40 days that I've been writing every day and Mm -hmm. started to make some videos and started to kind of things are loosening up and I'm putting stuff out there. And so I'm, I'm spending at least an hour a day doing that. So, and it's been great. It's been the best thing that I've done. Honestly, it's, it's, it's doing way more than I ever thought it would. And frankly, it's making me happy where there was a long period of time. Well, I mean, my whole adult life, I've been like, I need to do stuff with all these ideas and I need to make stuff. And, you know, I got sucked into doing the one thing that I had to do. And then the next thing Mm -hmm. I had to do, and I never did those things. And now I feel like I'm being a lot looser about it and I'm just writing about it. And that's generating all types of serendipity wow. as people would say so oh great if is it okay could i ask 
during this entire journey what was the point when you started a family oh sure 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 so my wife and i got married in very relatively early in the company and then we had our first kid in 2017 and then our second in in 2019 so we have a little, a girl and a boy and i'm not very shy about them i put pictures of them right out on instagram and twitter and everything any blog uh maybe i shouldn't do that but i do so that, <laughs> that, that they're kind of a, a big part of my life and i and i'm a photographer so i like taking pictures okay. of them and i i'm a film photographer so i i i yeah. try to shoot on film as much as possible so great how do you distribute your time between your work which is which are two companies which are running and your family according to my wife not well enough but uh <laughs> but i do i do i i I can honestly say that I'm I'm I have a pretty good balance. I'm able to turn off work now in a way that I never was able to before. I mean, when I was 2 years into the video company, I mean, there was never a moment I wasn't thinking about something that was about to collapse and kill us all, okay. right? Like that's how okay. it felt, right? Uh now I have my work is just much more well managed and mm-hmm. I do it during the day. you know obviously this year i've been doing it from home mostly uh the mm-hmm. vast majority of the time and i do i use focusmate are you familiar with focusmate not really but i um, i i do i do communal pomodoros i wrote about them but basically it's where you meet up with a person you 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 say hey i'm going to work on this for the next hour what are you mm-hmm. working on they say i'm i'm going to complete this in the next hour and then you say okay cool and then you both focus on that task okay. for the hour and then when it's over you say how'd you do and it it's incredibly refreshing because you you have this box of time that you're saying okay i'm going to finish this in that time and it makes you change the way you work as opposed to when if you're just like ah oh, i need to do this thing and then you like procrastinate or whatever you got to do so oh very interesting so this focus mate is some sort of an app or like is this some 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 of your friends that you just get in touch with sometimes i do it without the app but focusmate is an app for it so i actually have been using marquee i would invite my friend my hometown friend from syracuse new york okay. or sometimes my wife will do them with me cuz she'll be working mm-hmm. and we'll say hey let's go do a pomodoro right now and we we sit down we set the timer we ask each other what each other are doing but focusmate is a great app cuz it connects you with a stranger now here's the advantage of a stranger so so the the advantage of a stranger is that ironically you feel more obligated to be on time for a stranger than you do for oh, yes. your friends. Your friends. So when you schedule a focus mate for 11 a.m. with a stranger, you're like I got to make it at 11 a.m. You schedule with your wife, you're like eh, yeah, we don't have to start <laughs> yet, right? So so that's uh that's what focus mate. I think it's like 5 bucks a month or something and I use it every week med- oh. many many hours a week. Oh wow. I might do one, I might do one stranger. Yeah, I might yeah, I might do one after. Sometimes you'll end up seeing the same people if you're on around long okay. enough, but okay. Okay. I'll I'm going to end up doing one after this conversation, I think. So. Oh wow, great. This is this is beautiful. I'll also research a little bit about Focusmate and then tell everybody about it. Given any day, any weekday, how do you spend your entire day? I mean, what does your morning look like? What does your afternoon look like? What does your evening look like? What time do you get up? What time do you get to go to bed? Oh my um, goodness. Okay, yes, you're um so okay, so I wake up when the babies wake up and that could be any time from 
to, if we're really lucky, seven. But usually it's like six o'clock or, you know, something like that. We get up, we drink coffee, we, f- we feed them, we try to feed them breakfast. I usually try to get on the Peloton between seven and eight. I'll always end up riding the bike every day. I've done that also for 40 days in a row now, but I, I do that. And then daycare is right across the street, which is very helpful. So we get their lunches, we get their coats on, and I walk them across the street, put them in daycare, come back into the house. And the first thing I do, I try to, I try not to schedule meetings in the morning, but sometimes there are meetings in the morning. I like my morning to be, to go as long as possible until I have to be in a meeting, not because I don't like meeting. I'm happy to meet with somebody in the morning. It's that Mm -hmm. that time is my best time for the type of work where I want to be focused and thinking and writing and doing those things. I've become less precious about that over time because I've, I've started to find out that some of the things that were causing me problems in the past weren't having to do with the time of day or, or anything else that's maybe a little overblown, Okay. but I still like to keep the morning free. Then I try to write my thread for the day at some point before you know, 1 PM. But if I don't get to it, I'll end up doing it in the evening. And that's okay Okay. too. That usually takes me 30 minutes to maybe an hour, but it's fun. It's no longer work. I'm trying not to make things work that aren't work. Right. So, and then in the afternoon I have meetings. I mean, wall to wall meetings. I, I start having meetings (laughs) noon or one, and it's just one after the other, after the other. But how many hours? Until the evening? Until like, oh yeah, until until about five. And and I stop at five and I hang out with my kids and family. Occasionally I'll have a five o'clock meeting, but I don't I don't uh I don't work into the evenings. I don't I don't want that in my life anymore. And I now believe that it's really not there's diminishing returns. Okay. You know, if I'm rested because I'm doing really quality work in the time that I'm working now, whereas mm-hmm. I maybe used to work 80 hours, but you know, 60 of them were not very quality. So got it. Yeah. Got it. And how do you stay productive? So for example, you work in a creative field, you have to be creative on demand. So is there any practice that uh, pushes you towards that in, into into the creativity zone? How do you focus? How do you stay productive? How do you cut out the clutter? Because in case there's a meeting scheduled, and you have to be creative, and somehow you were not creative for an hour, uh, what really happens? Does it does that make make you anxious? What? How do you push yourself into the creative zone, uh, to the in, into the flow state? Uh, do you have any practices for that? Yeah. So it's funny that you asked that because you said you, it's very important how you asked it. You said, "How do you push yourself into the yeah. state?" And everything that I that has been working for me in a way that it never has before, and it's like I'm finally being prolific and putting a lot out and doing this stuff. Mm-hmm is about exactly not pushing. Like as okay. soon as there's any pressure or force, as soon as I feel anything, I know I now know that that's not how to get there. In fact, that closes me up. That makes me want to check my email. Uh, okay. Like like any, any kind of pressure makes me want to check my email and like archive a couple things, right? Which we'll get to that with, okay. with, with Mailman, I'm sure. So what I do now is I... As soon as I start to feel myself putting any pressure on myself, I try to just just take a breath and sit sit quietly and let myself do something. 
I know it sounds really like okay. goofy and out there, but it's working. Like I don't, I don't need to force myself to okay. do things. And when I try to force myself, it makes me do less things. And, and, but what's had to happen for me was I had to, it's one thing to commit to not forcing yourself to do something, but if that's the only way that you're oriented toward your work, you don't trust that the work will get done if you don't push. And I had to experience not pushing and see the results to the point where now when I hear that voice come in and start pushing and driving and saying, you should be doing this and you should already be done with this and that, <laughs> like that thing. When I hear that, I know I can just say, I can just dismiss it. Actually that you're not helpful. Like that, 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 I don't need you. In fact, you're stopping me from doing the work. So I don't want you around. And that's, it's, a, I know it sounds like I'm crazy and talking to myself, but that's that that works i mean it's worked for me correct me if i'm wrong if i'm misunderstanding something so you dismiss it and then you feel calm and then you can be productive is it what you mean or do you just forget about the thing that you had to do oh no i don't i don't forget about the thing i had to do i trust that everything i need to know and every Mm -hmm. every bit of energy i need to accomplish the task in an adequate way for what is needed is just automatically here and requires no force or pressure at all. Like it will just happen. And if I'm, but if I'm sitting there saying it better be good, it better be really good. (laughs) That actually makes me do worse at it. Like it, it doesn't make me do better. So, so, so I can just kind of hear that and just be like, whoa, whoa, whoa peace, you know, like I'm going to, I'm going to do the thing. And then I'm like, Oh, that was easy. Right. Because there was so much time in my life where I would actually, I would spend a week dreading something and scared about it. And, and the truth is, you know, I'm ashamed to say, but like, I wouldn't even look at it. I wouldn't even read what I needed to read to do it because I was scared of the task that was there. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I would distract myself with other tasks or my email or whatever it was. And then when I would finally get around to doing it, it was like, oh, that wasn't such a big deal. Like, why did I, why did I wait to look at this? And so now I'm just trying to treat everything that way. Just like, what is here? What needs to be done? Can I do it? Yeah. Yeah. I can do it. Or if I can't do it, I call the person up. These are things I never used to do. Be like, Hey, I'm going to be a couple of days late on that. Turns out I'm out of, t- right. I, I can do that. It's a different orientation. I told you I was long-winded, right? I'm sorry if I yeah. if I'm talking too much. But. No, 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 no. Please, please, please feel free. I have all the time in the, in the world. I okay. have blocked two hours in my calendar just to uh, talk everything that we can. I have a question for you now. Mm-hmm. So you're doing multiple things, and I'm sure you would get pitched a lot of new things that you could do. Uh, maybe some investments, or maybe just um, being involved in some project in any capacity. How I'm not pitched say- a lot of things right now, but okay. go, but go, go ahead. Uh, I wanted to understand how do you say no to somebody? Is it just flat no or do you feel a pull towards doing this thing? How do you say no to yourself if that's the case? Right. So right now I I have learned to say no to myself a lot better. And I had to learn. I, I don't know who said this originally, so I'm going to misattribute sure. it. But um, saying yes is the same thing as saying no to literally everything else. Right. Like, so if you think of no as a negative thing, because you're like, oh, Mm -hmm. I'm saying no to this, 
to this opportunity or this person. And yes would be so much easier. It's like, no, actually, yes equals infinite no's. And no is just one no. So it's 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 much better to say no to one thing than to say no to everything. Wow. Yes. Yeah. So so I yeah, I don't know who 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 where I heard that, but it makes a lot of sense. And so the way that I'm dealing with it right now is I'm channeling it right back into my creative feedback loop, which is again, making me happy. So if I'm going to not do something, if I'm saying no to something, I'll write about it and just throw it out on my blog or throw it out there into the world or talk to somebody about it. And then at least I feel like, okay, like I, I did something on it. It's there. Maybe it'll come back in five years or maybe somebody else will find it and do something good with it. And that's fine. You know, but it's it's easier to say no than to just have it's either it's easier to say no and write a little something and part with it than it is just to be like, what if that could have been a, a thing? You know, it's like, yep. nah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So absolutely. Wow, this is brilliant. This is brilliant. I've never heard it before, but I'll Google it for you. I'll put it the put the attribution into into our blog and podcast. Uh, but I really love the exp- uh, as a, your your perspective where Saying no is just one no, but saying yes is infinite no to infinite things. Absolutely love it. Recently, over the last few weeks, last few months, over last year, have you made any mistakes regarding time management? Have, have, have you felt anxious so much that you feel, hey, I need to change something in my life. I need to change how I'm uh, going through my days. Have you ever felt this recently? Recently, not as much, which is very positive to think about because that just used to be my life every day. I mean... It was just constant, you know, battle inside myself over how I'm spending my time. I mean, it was just like, oh, I'm not doing that thing. And, oh, I have to do this. And, oh, I'm not spending enough time here. And my wife's upset with me because I I have to go to work again tonight because I'm finished. You know, like that. this kind of thing was my life for a few years. And now... I'm able to trust myself that with the time I have in a day and the work that I've actually committed to doing mm-hmm. that I can do it and I can do it. I can do it as well as I can do it. Like I can only do it as well as I can do it. And again, and, and, and because pressure or beating myself to do it better doesn't work, then I don't have to beat myself, which means I really can only do it as well as I'm going to do it because there's no way to get more of that. Like I can, I'm going to squeeze it. Yep. So that's a freeing thing because it's like, okay, this is this is what we can do. Oh, great. Let, let me circle back to the previous uh, question where you said uh, saying no is easy to you. I'm intrigued about... It's uh, not easy. It's not, I, I don't want to give that impression. But okay. yeah, no, it's okay. still hard. But go on. But, but, but you have learned. What do you say yes to now? How do you decide to what on what things do you want to spend your time on? How do you say yes is now? So right now, any yes needs to be based on a very clear picture of what the yes means. So, you know, maybe there's another company I could get involved with, even though I already have two, but I'm not going to be able to get involved as a leader of that company. That's not, that's not happening. I'm not going to get involved managing any people. That's not going to be part of my life. I, my meeting schedule is already full, right? So I, the way I evaluate it is, What's the possibility of this idea succeeding? But more than that, what's the possibility of the 
collective people coming together to make this idea succeed and who's going to do it. And then if you know that, you know, because before that you're just playing with it and that's fine. Now I can see it that way. It's like, let's play with this idea. We'll, we'll meet in another three weeks and talk about this idea a little more, but it doesn't become real until the, you have all of the people committed to it that you need in order to actually do it. And nobody is over committing and nobody has lied about how much time they have. So right now I'm, I'm, you know, I'm on this thing. I didn't realize this was a podcast that I would be, that I would also be recorded on, but that's good. Cause I want to, I want to get into that. And I, I, anything that involves me getting a chance to, think through ideas, write them down, talk about them, I find is way more valuable than the time it takes to do it. So I just want to do as much of that as I can. So I'm going to, you know, I might end up on a, another podcast or starting one that's, you know, every couple of weeks or something like that. I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but, <laughs> but I do think that, you know, oh, I started making films in Storyboarder. We're actually using virtual reality so I meet with my director of photography from Short Order every week, and we go into virtual reality and set up our cameras and our scenes, and we talk about this movie. And who knows? Maybe we'll just be streaming some, some, some virtual reality, or maybe we'll be actually making a movie. It could become a movie. Who knows? Absolutely. Can I get a little personal now? Because I was scrolling through your blog, and I found some intriguing things that I just wanted your thoughts on. Sure. So first thing is your fondness for number five and three... Uh, or for more than more numbers, <laughs> what is this? Uh, I don't know how to answer this without just saying that I'm I'm kind of goofy, <laughs> but I have this problem with numbers. Okay, where I like most numbers, but I like certain okay. numbers a lot better than other numbers. And the one number I don't like the number six for irrational oh. reasons. And I okay. and I sort of I sort of don't like the number nine, but I. I, I just don't want them around. And five to me is just this perfect number. I just love the shape of it. I love, to me, I count things in fives. When I see, when I see anything, I see it in fives. And five is just this perfect, it's a nice little constraint too. Like anything that you're designing, anything that I'm designing in terms of ideas, stories, a, a proposal, a, a thing, I can always kind of reduce it to five things. And I feel like I've got enough here. I'm not forcing myself into a box. I've got enough, but not too much. Five is enough, but not too much. It's always enough, but not too much. Oh, wow. That doesn't make any sense. Nobody cares. No, nobody cares. <laughs> but Yeah. Great. Great. And you also mentioned things about this, this thing called thought technologies. And it seems like you have a trademark for it. What, what, what no, I don't. That's a joke. When, when, oh, okay. <laughs> when, I, when I put, I, I will often put TM on things. I think what, the reason I put trademark on, on things sometimes is when I'm skittish about, I, I like want to ironically use it, but I actually really like the word. So it's like, mm -hmm. I actually like the concept of thought technology, but it sounds so pretentious that I put a TM on it to make sure that you know that I know that it's pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> but what is the meaning of thought technologies? Like, what are these technologies? Sure. So th thought technology would be like a lot of the stuff that we're talking about. It's okay. it's like w ways to wrestle with your demons and, you know, with yourself. And, you know, it's everything, everything from meditation to the concept of an inbox 
mm-hmm. um, to the concept of, I don't know, it's, it's thought technologies. To me, they're just as real as real technologies, but most people aren't paying attention to them. It's, it's sort of like a, you know, the old saying, like, if you don't have a system, then that's your system. Like it, you have a system, whether you know it or not. And if you, if you're not looking at that system now, which is not to say that getting too interested in systems is necessarily a good idea because you can go down a rabbit hole with that, where you're actually not actually serving anything, but you can't get away from the fact that you have a system. If, if your day is to you write down everything on a pad next to you, or if you, if your day is you hold all of your appointments for the month in your head, uh-huh. then that's your system and it might not be a good one. So that, that's what, that's what thought technologies are. Oh, brilliant. Do you think telling stories or storytelling is a technology? You are a storyteller. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. That's no, I don't think so because I think a story could be a thought technology, a, 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 a good enough story. Actually, that it's kind of what stories are for, right? A, a story can hold so much meaning in it that mm-hmm. just a description couldn't. Like okay. you could you could try to describe a series of rules or you could tell the story of the boy who cried wolf in a, a few lines and it, and it says a lot more, right? So I think an individual story could be a thought technology, but storytelling itself, I believe, is just an innate part of human psychology uh and it's 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 more it's it's uh it's what separates us from the animals in my opinion great great zach um this is one question that we'll wrap this interview with if you somehow magically found one extra hour in your day what would you spend spend it on one extra hour in a day well see this is the problem okay i can't give you a short answer to anything this is my problem because you say if you if you found if you found one more hour in your day, my problem is I still have these voices in my head that are like, you should work more. You should do more of this. And then there's a voice in my head that's like, you should spend time with your daughter and your son. Right. And it's like and these are voices that are saying you should. The truth is, I want to do all of that. Right. I want to do all of the above. But I think if I had one extra hour in my day, I would actually spend it resting. I haven't learned how to rest well while awake. I go to sleep, but I'm still even even as I think less anxious as I am today than I used to be and and I think much more health, healthy. No, that's fine. Even with that, I think I still need to learn how to just do leisure because I spent so many years just focused on work that I I forgot like I don't I don't really read for pleasure. I don't really watch movies for pleasure even, which is sad. So I think I would, I would, I would devote that time to rest. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. Zach, thank you so much for taking out time. If somebody wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Or if there's any website where you want to redirect people to. So I think if the type of people who might see this Twitter, Zach Phillips on Twitter, if you're not, if you don't do the Twitter thing, I'm ZachPhillips.blog. That's where my blog is. And that's where I am. So you can find me there. And oh, oh, and you can sign up for my email newsletter, which is at pen.zachphillips.blog. And every weekend I send all the stuff I wrote in the last week and some other updates and sometimes pictures of my kids who are cute. I'm biased, (laughs) but they're cute. 
<laughs> brilliant i'll put all these three links uh, in the show notes of the podcast and in the blog so that anybody can just directly click on them thank you so much zach for taking out time it was brilliant talking to you usually i wrap it wrap these things up in 40 minutes but um, it was so good talking to you it's uh, almost 50 55 minutes now so i'll stop the recording now and we can chat for two a few minutes sounds good thank you for having me and thank you for mailman it's a great it's a great thing